We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right. uh, Aaron Lemming here joining us on the West Her Hotline. Aaron covers the Bears for the CBS Sports Bears Report. Aaron, uh, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, I appreciate your, uh, your time on a Saturday morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. No, my pleasure. I um, listen. You know, the for me, the Chicago Bears have been sort of an interesting storyline, probably for the wrong reasons this offseason, just not doing enough really to surround their young quarterback, who I think a lot of people are infatuated with, the athleticism and the ability to spin the football like Justin Fields has, to feel like going into year two, that there's a lot of similarities between how this team built or lack of building around Mitch Trubisky and then letting him go and letting him walk and re sort of doing this whole thing again and letting a lame duck head coach and general manager draft another quarterback just for you to kind of do all of the same things. Where is sort of like, if I put my finger on the pulse of Bears fans, is it as critical within the fan base as it seems to be in the national media? Because right now it kind of is in vogue to just trash the Bears. Well, I think... You know, the, the the fan base is split, right? You know, and, and this is something, you know, anybody who is involved with Bears Twitter would, you know, understand. You're either basically in the boat of you have to trust Ryan Poles and everything he does, regardless if you like it or not, or you can actually, you know, be critical of the team and, and realize, you know, the national media isn't just spinning up some random narrative. I mean, you pointed out the stuff with Trubisky and, you know, their failure to – around him with proper talent. But, I mean, even if you look back just to the 2018 offseason, right, when they went 12-4, and made the playoffs, they went out and they signed Allen Robinson, right? They went out and, you know, the year before they drafted Cody Whitehair. They also signed Taylor Gabriel. Um, you know, they, they made a multitude of different moves, uh, Trey Burton. They actually went out and going into Trubisky's year two – tried to surround him with talent. I mean, they even drafted Anthony Miller in the second round, which obviously did end up working out. But you you kind of look at what they're doing right now with uh, with, uh, with Justin Fields, and I, I think the biggest concern for a lot of people, including myself, is it's like, okay, you know, you can, you can throw out subpar receiving talent, right? I mean, Darnell Mooney's probably going to – like, I know some people view him as the number one. I think he's going to be more of a number two. I mean, he had 1,000 yards last season – but then after that, you don't really have a lot. But I think the biggest concern right now has to be the offensive line. I mean, looking at the offensive line, one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year, and the only differences right now is the fact that they replaced Sam Mustafer at center with Lucas Patrick, but then they let James Daniels go, who's 25 years old. And if the season was to start today, it's a, there's a very good chance that Dakota Dozier is starting at right guard. So I think when you're looking at trying to put 
a quarterback, a young quarterback in a position to succeed, I think the biggest issue is you either have to have the line or you have to have the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a rebuild, like you have to have one of the two. And quite frankly, the Bears haven't done either one this offseason, at least on paper. And I think that's why a lot of people are kind of looking at this saying, what is going on? So they go out and they offer sheet, you know, Ryan Bates, the Bills sort of utility interior offensive lineman. And you and I kind of t- spoke about that when that offer sheet um, was, 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 was given to Bates. And, you know, the one thing about Bates, um, Aaron, that I've liked is sort of his versatility to play all five positions across the offensive line. And it really wasn't until injury and necessity that the Bills sort of locked him in at left guard last year. Now, that's going to move around this year. He's likely slotted in as the team's starting right guard this year, just kind of speaking to that versatility. But, you know, that's also a player, Aaron, that short of seven games and a couple of playoff games last year, this is not a guy that has necessarily been someone you would maybe view as as a RFA-type tender candidate. Yet the Bears go out and they sign him to a tender that when I looked at it, I didn't really think was overly competitive, was going to put the Bills in a situation where they weren't going to be able to match it, even with the Bills' limited funds available to them. I guess I'm confused. Like If you want to go out and sign, if you're going to go do an offer sheet, you would think you'd want to structure it in a way that the team can't match it. Otherwise, it seems like sort of a weird exercise to do. Yeah, well, and with the with the Ryan Bates thing, it, it seemed like, and again, this is just kind of from, you know, obviously not having spoke with Ryan Bowles or anybody, you know, within the organization, but it seems like a situation where they kind of let – they let everything play out. They let the you know the offensive line market as a whole play out. I mean, they were in on uh, Teron Armstead, but you know it wasn't really anything too crazy. And quite frankly, with a rebuilding team, I don't know how much sense a 32-year-old left tackle that can't play 16 games or 17 games in this case makes. And it seems like they put a lot of their eggs into the Ryan Bates basket. And like you said, yeah, I, I think at least looking at the offer sheet, it looked like they were banking on the fact that it was going to be a longer-term deal. Um, as to why maybe the, the bills wouldn't match. Maybe they say, okay, well, you know, this is because they ended up being what a five-year deal. You have to kind of refresh my memory on that, but it was a longer term. I think most people were expecting like a two-year deal, like a two-year, uh, to say 10 to $12 million deal. And it ended up being the money wasn't really huge, but the, the, the length of the overall contract was, but yeah, like you said, I mean, even with the bills being, you know, tighter against the cap, much tighter than the bears really are, uh, it still kind of made it one of those situations where, where Bean was able to kind of look at this and say, okay, well, we want this guy, we're going to match it. So, But that just kind of speaks to the overall confusion of the offseason. I mean, yes, they have, you know, when you look at what the Bears are doing, they have a direction. I mean, the direction is, hey, this roster was really bad over the last few years. It was really old. I mean, last year alone they had guys out there starting and playing snaps that shouldn't have been playing. Um, so from that point you see it, but I think when you're, when you're looking at just some of the moves that they made, some of the guys that they've targeted, it just there, there's a lot of confusion in terms of I think they I, I truly do believe that they they think that Justin Fields can be the guy. I don't think they're you know I know there's been some narratives going around that they're they're basically giving up on him or they're they're setting him up to fail purposely. I don't think that that's it at all. But I think they've taken such a broad approach to this free agency. I mean, if you look at the first move that they went out and made, it was Larry Ogunjobi. They go out and they give him you know they give him a three year deal for almost $13 million or $13.5 million a year. And it's like you're looking at it, it's like, okay, but what about the offensive line? What about receivers? And then you go into the draft, and again, I understand best player available, but your first two picks, you don't have a first-round pick, and your first two round, or your first two picks in the second round are DBs. So, 
you kind of understand the team building behind it, and it's more of a broad approach saying, hey, we need talent everywhere. But when you look at the swings that they did take and the swings that they essentially missed on with a guy like Ryan Bates, with some of the other players that they you know, supposedly went after, it's kind of hard to see. It's like what, you know, if you believe in Justin Fields, then what, what is, what's going on? Because, I mean, I don't think anybody can objectively look at this team on paper, and obviously they play the games for a reason, but if you look at this team on paper, I mean, offensively, this is probably a bottom three unit in the league, which is saying something because they, they were terrible last year too. Yeah. Aaron Lemming here on the Wester Hotline. He, uh, he covers the Chicago Bears for CBS Sports Bear Report and the uh, Windy City Gridiron as well. And Aaron, like – I, I view what teams – I guess here's the thing, because you can believe that there's a certain way that you you sort of rebuild as an organization. And I think if you look you know, in Detroit, that's an organization that decided, well, yeah, we're going to trade for Jared Goff, but really it's we're trading away Matt Stafford getting multiple first-round picks, and sure, yeah, we'll take Jared Goff in the meantime, whatever. There's, there's really no – guarantee that Goff is even that's team starting quarterback after this year in fact I would probably bet he won't be but that's a team that built in the trenches first and that's sort of what your point here is right like this is a team that really has in terms of offensive and defensive lines a lot to that I think they probably need to improve on and like it feels like this is the time that you do that like you don't wait you don't build up the skilled positions first and draft a quarterback and then not have anything up front into in front of them to protect him so it just feels like the rebuild process in terms of conventional NFL rebuilds seems to be going in a non-conventional way. Well, and I think it kind of brings up an interesting case study, at least, you know, when looking at the Bears, right? I mean, they have, obviously, the Packers are head and shoulders above any other team in that division, at least in my opinion. But when you look at, let's just say, the Bears and the Lions, right? Two teams that are clearly in a rebuild right now. Now, the Lions, like you pointed out, I mean, they've built in the trenches. I think they've actually done a really good job over the last two years of adding you know, good talent around. I mean, even at receiver, I mean, look at what they did at receiver this year. Uh, you know, Amon Ross, same Brown last year in the fourth round. I mean, they've, they've done a pretty good job. But I think the big question there, like you pointed out, is Jared Goff is not the future there. Now, they're kind of in a weird position, though, because let's say, and I think that they can actually challenge the Bears for third place this year. I don't think that's out of, you know, out of the realm of possibility at all. So let's just say they went six or seven games they may be putting themselves out of the running without having to trade up for a quarterback versus the Bears, and this is what makes things a little bit more confusing to me, is you might have your quarterback. Obviously, there's no guarantee that Justin Fields is going to work out. I was high on Justin Fields. I think a lot of people were. There were also people who weren't. You know, it's subjective. It is what it is. But at the same time, if you have that quarterback already in place and you believe you do, that is the time to go out and build around him to make him successful. Who cares if the defense is bottom five in the league. If, if you have protection for Justin Fields and you can get him some weapons, I mean, look at look at all the teams around the league. Obviously, there are teams that have good defenses and good offenses. I mean, the Bills are a prime example of that. But this is an offensive league. And like you pointed out, I mean, rebuilds aren't a guaranteed three- to five-year thing anymore. I mean, we just watched the Eagles this past year where I don't know where you had them going into 2021, but I didn't have them as a playoff team. You know, so there's – there's just a lot of different ways to build a team, and I think when you're looking at it from the Bears' perspective, again, there's it's just it's it's a tough situation because I think when you when you look at it from a cap perspective, they had so many old players, they had so many uh, different guys, even like a guy like Cole Mack, who's still a good player, but Ryan Pace, their old GM, had kicked the can down the road yeah. so much in terms of their cap space, 
And it was like they were basically hoping to win eight games or nine games and make it in the playoffs. And unfortunately, Ryan Poles had to come in and kind of pull the Band-Aid off, which I have no issue with. That's great because you look at next year, they're going to have over $100 million in cap space. But the issue is, is you know, coming out of this year, and this is something I actually wrote about the other day, is you have to have foundational pieces to be able to build on. Because if Justin Fields is the guy and you have, you know, something more than Darnell Mooney at receiver and you have a few pieces on the offensive line and your defense is in solid shape – then you're looking pretty solid moving into next year. You can have a big offseason. But if none of that pans out, and especially if Justin Fields is put in a position to fail, then you're looking at a position next year. And I know a lot of people say, well, like, well, well if, they're, if they're bad and Justin Fields is bad, they're going to have a top-five pick. They can, they can you know, draft a quarterback again. But, I mean, you know, having followed the Bills and having covered the Bills, you know it's like yeah. usually taking a rookie quarterback, it's going to take a few years to develop that team into a playoff contender again. So – the Bears are kind of teetering on that point right now of, you know, if, if Fields works out and if somehow they did enough and they put enough around him, I think they're in a good position moving forward. But if, if, if Fields is in a bad position, which it looks like on paper, and he does end up failing, which I still don't think he will, but if he does, then all of a sudden you've pushed yourself another two or three years and more of a rebuild even with all the cap space and the resources that that they're going to have next year. I wanted to, I I think this leads into a a good kind of final point on the bears is, you know, player and personnel wise, it seems like a team right now that has sort of left a lot to be desired. And this is not going to be a season where you're going to expect them to compete for a division title. But I guess what I will say is if you don't have the players, it certainly feels like the bears have assembled a coaching staff, Aaron, that could potentially extract more or get the best of a group of players that maybe don't aren't or aren't as talented. I like I look at the at the Lions, Aaron, and you know you're talking about them competing for third place. Like that's a team that I could look at as a potential worst to first kind of team. I don't know what Green Bay is going to be without Devonte Adams. I don't know what that offense looks like. And you know, you guys, in terms of what the Bears did to surround. Justin Fields with players with weapons, sure. I I, I think no, nobody would 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 argue that they didn't do enough there. But bringing in Luke Getzey to be the offensive coordinator, a guy that has been the quarterbacks coach for Aaron Rodgers over the last four seasons and was their pass game coordinator last year, I, I think there's probably a lot of optimism around what Getzey could do to get the most out of Justin Fields, even if the talent pool at wide receiver um, maybe isn't the best. Well, and I, and I think that's exactly what they're banking on, and that's why I'm not going to buy into the narrative of, you know, they don't believe in Justin Fields or they're setting him up to fail, because I think when you look at it from a personnel standpoint, I think you could make that argument. But, I mean, from what they've done, especially on the coaching staff, I mean, obviously not every single coach that they've hired has been great, but I think with a guy like Luke Getzey, I think he brings you probably the most upside out of any of the offensive coordinators that they had to choose from. And I think that's, and that's kind of the thing that Matt Eberflus has talked about is he said, you know, this, this is Luke Getzey and his coaching staff's offense. Like they're going to build the offense around Justin Fields. And that's something that we saw from, with Matt Nagy it was the exact opposite. It was, if you don't fit my offense, you better figure out a way to do it. And obviously, I mean, I don't even have to sit here and tell you about the numbers or how bad things looked outside of 2018. I mean, their offense got considerably worse every single year. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value being put into the coaching staff. I think defensively they're going to be fine. I mean, obviously they have some transitional pieces. I think a lot of people tend to forget last year. It's like, yeah, they lost to Keem Hicks. Yeah, they traded away Khalil Mack, but those are two guys that really didn't play that much last year. You know, And it's like obviously they had to figure out what they're going to do with Robert Quinn, but I think offensively 
you know, you look at the offensive line coach, right? You got a guy in Chris Morgan who's had, you know, he's had a track record for success uh, going back to Atlanta. And look at who he replaced, and a guy in Juan Castillo who may have been respected to a certain extent within the Andy Reid tree, but the guy hadn't been coaching in two years before they handed him, you know, they, they basically fired, you know, uh, two assistants that they had and brought him in. And it's like he was the offensive line coach in their, in their run coordinator, and there was just the run game coordinator, and there, was, there was just no sense of direction with the team. The same thing with the receivers coach. Now, Mike Fury was a really nice guy. Um, I don't think I, – I, I just – I don't understand why he was a receiver coach. You know, you, you bring in a guy uh, like Tolbert who's going to be a lot better. I mean, he's got a good track record as well. And like you pointed out, the same thing with Luke Getzey. They're going to be a more quarterback-friendly offense. And I think that really – when you're looking at the Bears and if you're a Bears fan or if you're following the team looking for a sense of optimism, I think that that is placed solely on the coaching staff. And I think that that's really what they're banking on. And, you know, I, you know, I know a lot of people are kind of freaked out with, you know, what happens if Justin Fields has a really good year and Luke Getzey, you know, goes somewhere and gets a head coaching job next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys just went through that in Buffalo. Yep. But with that being said, if that happens, that's a good sign. That's right. It's like, would you, would you rather have – Josh Allen is a middling quarterback and, and be able to keep Brian Dable? Would you rather have Josh Allen as the top three to top five quarterback and Brian Dable goes elsewhere and you know you're in good hands because you have the quarterback? Yeah. So it, I think that's, that's kind of the thing there. I'll say the Bears do give me kind of 2017 Bills vibes. There, there is that vibe of like new general manager, new head coach. We've got to clean up a terrible cap situation. We're going to have a ton of dead cap money, but you know what? We're going to set the precedent. precedent. We're going to create a good culture within this locker room, get guys that want to be here, and build from that foundational piece. Uh, they, there is levels and a lot of similarities between, I think, the, the 2022 Chicago Bears and the 2017 Bills. Aaron, tell the folks uh, where they can find your work, what you got coming up, uh, and you know, promo anything you've, you've got going on so that uh, we can, we can uh, hook you up with some listening followers here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can follow me on Aaron or on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. Um, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com and also uh, Wendy City Grid Iron. And just, I mean, really, it's kind of that slow point in the off season. There's not really a whole lot going on. I usually try to do one or two things a week. And you know, we got great teams of both uh, Wendy City Grid Iron and uh, Bear Report. So you know, that's pretty much about it, man. I just like you know talking talking sports. And I mean, honestly, as you know, the majority of what I do is usually on Twitter, and it's. It's usually a pretty volatile and fun place, I guess, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Aaron, uh, you know, obviously, uh, well, you and I will have to chat again this upcoming holiday season when Bill's Bears, uh, is it Christmas Eve? Is that? Is that? Yeah, I'm not looking forward no, to that. No, me one. either. Me, me either. <laughs> but you know what? We'll, we'll chat nonetheless, and uh, I appreciate you making time for us here on WGR on your Saturday morning, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 